My name is Kelsey. And my name is April. And this is the Taste Buds Podcast. A podcast where we, registered dietitians, answer your burning nutrition questions. And talk all things food, cooking, research, and wellness. So sit tight and enjoy this taste of nutrition from a couple of buds. Okay. Welcome back to the Taste Buds Podcast. Hi, everyone. How's it going? It's going well over here. It's getting a little chaotic because we're getting inching closer and closer to the holiday season. I know you all are going to be listening to this after Thanksgiving, but we're recording this before Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's getting crazier. It's, it is getting pretty intense. There's a lot of things to do. Um, I feel like work, like my work has also been pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I feel like, I don't know, especially in the realm of nutrition, I think people are like ramping up to the holidays, got to figure out either how to make food, how to deal with food, how to do food. (laughs) And I feel like I get so much busier in the fall and around the holidays and then especially like January. (laughs) Yeah. The start of the new year is definitely such a busy time for- Yeah. You don't want to go to the gym on like the first week of January. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Yep. Um, exactly. Lots of New Year's resolutions happening. <laughs> <laughs> I have an exciting new update. Ooh. Okay. I got a new office chair. Oh my gosh, April. <laughs> um, welcome to our chair podcast where we sometimes talk about nutrition. <laughs> I give chair reviews. So I actually set it up last night. So we'll see. I'm going to try this one again. This is has this is a 30 day return policy. So okay. a part- you got tons of time. Yeah, so that. I'm going to test it out. We'll see. I mean, the other one actually ended up really hurting my back. After I returned it, my back was hurting me for a few days there. Ooh. Well, <laughs> so yeah. I'm I was glad, glad I returned it. it. Yeah. yeah. But. Dang. Yeah. The, the chair saga continues. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Joe's convinced oh. I need to just give up the search and just get a normal desk chair. But, but I want ugly. comfort and I, yes, they're ugly most of the time. I want comfort and I want style. So I'm not giving up quite yet. It's just going to take a lot of buying and returning and buying and returning. So it is what yeah. it is. I put yeah. myself in this place and I accept where I am. Okay. I'm really <laughs> glad that you've found acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what are you doing for, you said you're going out of town in December. Where are you going? Yes. So my, so like I mentioned last episode, we cannot go to Massachusetts. We don't have time oh, right, right, in our right. schedules. So my parents are actually flying out to Arizona instead. And they're coming the week after Thanksgiving. So right. actually when this episode will be released, um, yeah. they will be coming tomorrow. <laughs> oh, nice. And we're meeting them. And I'm actually really excited for this. Not that I wouldn't normally be really excited to see them, but yeah. we are going up to Flagstaff, Arizona, and we're going to do this day trip where we're going to go to the Grand Canyon and Antelope Canyon and hike them. That's the real like swirly, swervy one, right? Yes. For those of you listening who have not been or have no idea what Antelope Canyon is, just Google Antelope Canyon, Arizona. And it's just amazing looking. It's so cool. I've always wanted to go. And I've also never been to the Grand Canyon. Neither has Joe, even though he grew up here. It was time. So that's so weird. Well, that's so fun. I am doing a trip out west right after um, Thanksgiving. I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to go see all of my friends from undergrad, and I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. And I hope it's snowy, and it's going to be a great time. So, again, Ah, I love it. 
love seeing the friends and family. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Uh, and it's exciting that travel is like kind of back now and that it's more safe to travel now that more and more people yeah. are vaccinated and all of that good stuff. So Yeah, I feel like I've really I've done it really right and I hate to say it because I know that a lot of people haven't had a very good experience over the past two years. But I think I really, really hit the lottery with my where like with my locations. Like I was in New Zealand when everything started with COVID. And we had a chunk of six to eight weeks where it was intense lockdown you do not go anywhere you do not do anything Mm -hmm. and then after that though we were COVID free so I had normal life from about late May 2020 until August of 2021 like we had very normal life we had a couple of random lockdowns here and there and we couldn't leave the country which was a bummer but like it was Mm -hmm. we were out and about we weren't locked down it was pretty normal and then as soon as Auckland went into lockdown and they're, they're still like getting out of their lockdown. So it's been since August and in October, I just flew to the States and now it's pretty much normal <laughs> here too. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm kind of lucked out. Like <laughs> you really did that. Right. And even if, you know, you're saying you can't leave the country, like how many people normally fly out of the country on a regular basis you know I mean I know you yeah. are from the U.S. obviously that's different but still that even doesn't seem like that probably didn't really affect it too much you know yeah yeah definitely um, I don't know I just it just is interesting that that's how it all panned out for me but I can't I definitely can't complain it's been really great and I can see my friends and family now it was a bummer last year I had to do holidays mm-hmm. in New Zealand and we've talked about how not fun that is but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be home. Glad to see everyone. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, should we jump into our research segment? For the Let's day? do it, April. Have <laughs> I got something for you? <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> we'll right. talk to you guys in a minute. Bye. Okay. We are back with the research. Um, this week, April, I have something for you that is sad but oh. also can be uplifting. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a really sad study, actually. I saw it and was like, oh, no. But I'm hoping that what we can take away from it can be something positive and uplifting. And I feel like it also mm-hmm. kind of fits into the holiday feel um, when we're talking about having meals together, mm-hmm. being with one another, seeing the friends, seeing the family, what we were just talking about. So um, this study that I am reviewing um, was from the North American Menopause Society. (laughs) Oh, okay. You really Um, have me intrigued here. I have no idea what you're going to talk about. I know. It's actually so so sad. Um, Okay. The research question is, can eating alone be bad for your heart? (laughs) I know. Wait, I Um, eat alone a lot. What's that? <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so the the research summary. This was I found it on um, Science Daily, and they did a good summary. I'm just kind of running through their summary as well because I had a look at their research, and I think they did a really good job of kind of explaining what was going on. Mm-hmm. So this study looks at um, women in their 
older years, older age. And it suggests that eating alone can contribute to an increased risk of heart disease in older women. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. I know. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they mainly base it on eating habits. Um, a few things that we'll get into um, includes like pace of eating, eat like food choices, mental health, things like that. Um, so yeah, really interesting study here. Hmm. I know. That is so interesting. <laughs> I see why you're saying like it might be kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. It is sad, but I'm mm-hmm. hoping that what we can take from it is that eating with other people is great and should be a social thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to just jump into the study a little bit. So this study looked at um, BMI, waist circumference, blood pressure, blood lipid levels, all things that go in conjunction with um, metabolic syndrome and CVD. Um, and looked at 600 menopausal women older than 65 years old and looked at their eating habits, how often they eat alone, things like that. So a couple of the things that they had noticed and they thought were could be contributing factors. They couldn't specifically say eating alone causes heart disease, mm-hmm. but some factors that go into it, like we've always said, uh, correlation does not mean causation. Mm-hmm. But they think the causation could be, like I was talking about, the speed of eating. People tend to eat faster. People tend to, you know, eat with distractions. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm eating by myself, I'm watching a YouTube video or trying to work at the mm-hmm. same time or just eating on the run. I'm not really making time for myself when I'm eating by myself, mm-hmm. which is something that we can talk about and we should do. <laughs> <laughs> um Another thing they talk about is that it really can have effect on mental health and can be a risk factor, risk factor for depression, which then leads to an increased risk for CBD. So interestingly enough, it also says that women were found to have poor nutritional knowledge and intake, hmm. um, these older women who ate alone. And it also says that they had lower intakes of energy carbohydrates, fiber, sodium, and potassium than others. So interesting, by lower intakes of energy, we mean calories. Um, And a lot of you will say, well, if you're not eating enough calories, why are they having issues with cardiovascular disease? And, you know, feeling there's, I mean, there's also weight in here. Weight can be a factor. Why are people that not, aren't eating enough calories more likely to be overweight? Well, (laughs) as we can see from this big picture, I know we've talked about it a few times, but what I – eating calories or eating amount of calories, a lot of people say calories in, calories out. What you eat is going to be, you know, your weight, but it actually is not that simple. Um, You know, if you're not eating enough calories that day, there's a really highly likelihood, especially if you're eating by yourself or living by yourself – you might be binging at night. You might be overeating at night or in the morning, I guess. But usually it's at night because you don't eat throughout the day and then you eat your calorie, the, the majority of your calories at night, not from a meal. Um, but also when you're not eating enough energy throughout the day too, that can really lead to some detrimental effects in your metabolism. And it really can slow it down to the point that, you know, starting to you know, eat a little bit more throughout the day, even more than, you know, the small amount of calories that you've been having, um, can kind of cause some, some weight gain. Again, weight is not the issue here. (laughs) 
the issue here is really, you know, making sure you are eating enough food to make sure that your metabolism is healthy and that you, you know, are eating enough to not feel like you need to binge or overeat at night, get into that binge and restrict cycle. And that's what a lot of these women are experiencing. So mm-hmm. yeah, just a lot of really interesting points to this study. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, main results were just that um, they suggest value of nutrition education and screening for cardiovascular disease in these older women that do eat and live alone. Um, but some things we can really take away from it, unless you have anything to add. No, I was just thinking too, I mean, the loneliness part is really interesting or eating alone. Um, also just a component could be, you know, it sounds like they have poor nutrition education too. Yeah. So it's just interesting all around. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the main takeaways, really what I would push here is even if you are eating alone, which ideally, especially on the holidays, you, know, you can reach out to friends, you can reach out to family, loved ones, you know, you can have people around you. Maybe it's not every single meal, but maybe it's, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever mm-hmm. holiday you celebrate, um, you know, spending time with those people because eating is a social activity. It, it and, and it's culturally, for years and years and years, social activities have been made around eating. And we're meant to be doing that. I think a lot of people have that issue of, oh, I'm going to this big family dinner. I'm going to Thanksgiving. I'm going to Christmas. And I'm so nervous because I can't eat or I shouldn't be eating this or that mm-hmm. or, you know, having all these fears around it. But really, you know, being there and focusing on the what you're actually there for, which is the friends and the family and, you know, the social health of it all um, and kind of taking the focus away from the food can really, you know, change your mindset around it and, you know, have the food, eat to fulfillment, enjoy it and then move on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. That's one of the things. And then also if you are eating alone, you know, work on removing some of those distractions. I can definitely take some of my own advice here. (laughs) Removing some of those distractions, making every meal an experience. Sometimes it's not going to be amazing, but make a plate, sit down with it and actually, you know, try to be present, try to be mindful with that food. Even if it's not the most, not every meal is going to be a five-star meal that you Mm -hmm. make for yourself. Sometimes it is just going to be, you know, this, this and that thrown together, but try to at least prioritize yourself in that moment and enjoy the food. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times too, you know, maybe if someone doesn't have friends or family in the area that they can't spend time with, you know, talking, calling a friend or family during dinner time or meal yeah. time, chatting with them. And if you find yourself that you don't even have that opportunity, you know, I don't blame you for wanting to watch your favorite show or movie during mealtime. Maybe yeah. create that intentionality while you're making your meal. You know, why are you choosing all these components? Why are you putting it together? You know, and really um, paying attention to it then if you are really wanting to watch something or do something while you're eating. Definitely. <laughs> I certainly do that too. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do it. But I think also at this point in my relationship with food, I have a really good um, handle on knowing my body cues and knowing mm-hmm. I'm full. And even if I'm doing something else, I have that internal conversation going on between my brain and my stomach saying, Hey, I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm done eating. Um, if you know, you're still on that journey of trying to figure out those cues and kind of, you know, getting to that point where your body 
can have that conversation. I always say it, it's a three-person conversation and it's a two-person conversation. The first one, when you're still learning, it's going to be your brain, your stomach, and kind of your ego. And your your body, your ego is going, how are we doing stomach? How are we doing brain? Good, good, good. And then you kind of go through it that way. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon your ego or, you know, your, your you isn't a part of that conversation. And it's just a bodily, hey, we're good. Okay, cool. We're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so once you kind of get to that point, though, in your journey and in your process of knowing your body cues, um, if you're still working on that, I think, you know, sometimes removing those distractions or or just practicing eating with those distractions can be good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, yeah. what an interesting study. Thank you for bringing that to the table today. Kelsey, I Thank you. <laughs> I, I thought it was nice. And especially on the holidays, I'm really hoping that everyone does have the opportunity to see mm-hmm. friends, family, loved ones. I think it's important. So yes, exactly. I agree. All right. Shall we get to the recipe segment? Let's do it. All righty. See you soon. Welcome back to the recipe portion of the Taste Buds podcast. I'm so excited. I'm really hungry right now. I meant to eat lunch before this and then I, it, the time really hit me and now I, I'm really hungry. <laughs> the same thing happened to me. So I quickly grabbed this drinkable yogurt before Ooh. we started. And I just drank that. Love it. <laughs> love it. Over. Um, I've got so- some biscottis made by my great aunt here as snack if I really need them but wow oh that's cool I've never made biscottis before that could be another one of your recipes they're the bomb we can bring your great aunt on here to talk about it oh my gosh (laughs) Aunt Adele Aunt Adele (laughs) I feel like everyone has an Aunt Adele I have an Aunt Adele too yeah I have yeah an Aunt Adele and two Uncle Toms I feel like everyone has an Uncle I have an Uncle Tom yeah I bet All right. Anyways, so this recipe this week was inspired by my clients because recently I've had a good chunk of clients, not that I don't ever have this, but an influx of clients struggling with breakfast. I'm a lot of time, breakfast always seems to be the meal that most people skip or that they struggle with the most. And most recently I've had more clients that have not only struggled getting it in, but also struggled with coming up with ideas. So this is an idea that I I give to clients when they're struggling with, you know, time in terms of breakfast, what to get in in terms of breakfast, um, because this is super easy and a simple way to get breakfast in and hit all those components of a balanced plate all in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be talking about overnight oats. Ooh, yum. I love it. Okay, I'm excited. That sounds great. So for those of you who haven't had overnight oats before, they're kind of exactly what they sound like. And the best thing about them is they take no time to prep at all. Um, They don't have any cooking time. And also they're super variable. Like they're very flexible. You can add a lot of different things, a lot of different flavors and really make it your own. So the basis of it is getting quick oats. So you have your whole grain and the quick oats. Um, putting it in some type of container it could be usually they show like if you look it up on Pinterest overnight oats usually show are shown in like a mason jar but you don't have to put them in a mason jar you can do it I've done it in Tupperwares um, those glass like jam jars really anything with a lid on it that'll seal out the air so you're gonna put some oats in the container and then after that the steps kind of depend on you and your preferences so Basically, what happens is you put these oats, you add in different toppings and additives, and you let them sit overnight in your fridge, 
aka overnight oats and then you eat them the next morning so whatever you put into the oats really depends on the consistency that you like so I tend to like a thicker overnight oat so I Mm. add in like Greek yogurt and a little bit of either milk or almond milk just to mix it up a little bit so you want the oats to be a little bit soupy when they're sitting initially in the fridge because overnight they're going to kind of suck up that moisture mm-hmm. and then after you add those base in the, those bases in there um usually it's yogurt or some type of milk you could, <clears throat> you could add in something like omega omega threes oh my god you could add in something like chia seeds that are Ooh. high in omega threes <laughs> um in there uh, you could also add in you know, maybe peanut butter or nut butter. You can add in berries. A lot of times what I like to do is mix my oats with my milk and my yogurt, sit, put it in the fridge overnight. And then in the morning, I'll put a scoop of peanut butter and some berries on top Yum. and then eat it like that. So it's super easy, simple and quick way to eat breakfast in the morning. You could eat it on the go. You could bring it to work, eat it at your desk while you're answering emails in the morning. There's so many different things to do with it. Yum. That sounds so good. My favorite way to make it actually though, um, when we're talking about containers and Mm -hmm. butter is when I'm done, I get the like natural peanut butter jars. Mm -hmm. And when I'm done with it and there's still a little bit of peanut butter stuck in the bottom, I make my overnight oats in the peanut butter jar. That's a good idea. So it gets that peanut butter, the rest of the peanut butter Mm -hmm. out of the jar and it gets the flavor. And I've already got a closable lid. Oh, that's such a good idea. I love that. It's one of my favorite ways to do it. Yeah. Oh, the next time we run out of peanut butter, I'm doing that. What a yeah. great every time I finish a jar, I'm like, all right, well, make it over. <laughs> all right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all this time I've been tossing our jars out without being able to eat all of the peanut butter in it. I know. I know. Now your problem solved. You get to eat the rest of your peanut butter and get a tasty breakfast out of it. That's super easy. Oh. Amazing. Well, yeah, so I feel like you could also really, like I said, you could put so many different flavors in this. I feel like you could also really adapt it for the holidays. You could put um, pureed pumpkin in there before you put it in the fridge the night before. There's so many different things. Ooh, yum. Yeah, definitely. I used to to eat this all the time in undergrad. I would make it and then go to the gym on campus, eat it on my way between the gym and class. Like, it's just, it's so convenient and it's easy and it's quick and, you know. So good to go. Great for yeah. students. Great for people that need to go to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. People that don't like to make breakfast. I feel that. Yeah. If you're a stay-at-home mom and you have a busy day, you got to get up, bring the kids to school, you know, help make them breakfast. This would be something that you could easily just kind of spoon into your mouth while you're going about your morning acti- morning to-dos and activities and things like that, too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Quick, easy, simple. Yeah. The best. A lot of times that's what nutrition is, isn't it? It's just like the simpy, simple and easy things. People so think it's simpy. <laughs> so simpy. So, so simpy. People think it needs to be complicated and it doesn't. No. no, it really doesn't. And I know that we talked about it kind of with our recipe last week too, is that it it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be hard. It can just be, you know, a, a quick three or four ingredient quick process with just whatever you've got in the pantry, whatever you've got in the fridge um, and just setting yourself up for those, you know, small wins mm-hmm. in the long run can really yep. make, make a difference. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. I love it too. Well, thank you, April. That was amazing. Uh, no problem. Shall we go on to our <laughs> questions? We shall. Okay. I'll see you there. <laughs> We're back for the question answer section. So this week's theme is let us eat. So we are talking about 
calories. I bet you were going to say lettuce. <laughs> we're talking about the ins and outs of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, just you know, you just have one of those awkward pauses, <laughs> and you both are about to say something, but no one starts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, All right. Let's jump into these questions. All right. First question is how to know if you're eating enough calories. And I'm assuming from this question that this person, and obviously, is indicating, you know, if you're not tracking, because then you would, of course, know exactly how many calories you're eating. So um, I'm going to rephrase and just say if you're not tracking or anything, not keeping points or whatever, how do you know if you're eating enough? Okay, so um, you will know because you'll probably be hungry. <laughs> um, your body actually has a really good um, internal calorie tracker, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier with knowing those body cues and you know having when you're still learning if your body's needing more food or not needing more food, um, using, using your ego or your you to really check in, check in with your stomach, check in with your brain and check in with your whole body. Hunger can feel like, you know, your stomach is hungry. It can be that, you know, rumbly stomach. We all know it. Um, but also it can be a lot of things. It can be, um, being agitated. It can be feeling really tired, especially if you find that, you know, you, eat lunch and then you get really stressed out at work by 3 p.m. or you get so tired and you just want to go home at 3 p.m. You probably need a snack. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, if you have lunch at noon and you don't eat until dinner at six, that's a whole six hour span without any snack. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't make it. Like like you need some, you probably just need a snack in there. Um, It also can show up as, feeling sad or feeling, um, you know, lethargic, it can show up in so many different ways. It's not always Mm -hmm. just that stomach rumbling. Also, if you find that you're thinking about food a lot, you probably aren't eating enough. If you are constantly having thoughts of food, especially if you're restricting food and you're restricting food and you're constantly thinking about food and you don't want to, you know, you can't eat, but it's always there or, or it's the kind of thing of, oh my gosh, I don't have any food. I'm thinking about food all the time. Or if you just find that you're always thinking about food, you're mm-hmm. probably not getting enough calories in general throughout the, the day, the week, um, you know, the time that it is <laughs> in your life. So that would be a good way to, uh, to figure out, you know, oh, okay, my body's telling me I need more calories. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I need to start eating more and more meals. I need to have so many more snacks. You know, throwing in a snack when you find I'm feeling really lethargic, I'm feeling really tired right now, maybe I'll try a snack. And allowing yourself to try that um, can be a huge game changer and it can make you a lot happier of a person because I found that that's what it did for me. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, I think, yeah, there's so many different ways to identify your ways your body tells you that it needs fuel or food. And I mm-hmm. it can get a little more complicated when there's scenarios with um, you know, I work with a lot of clients who are eating so little that they actually have hurt their metabolism. So they aren't getting those hunger and fullness yeah. anymore. So if you find yourself, you know, kind of frustrated because you're always exhausted and you don't really know what's going on, you never get hungry at all, you know, maybe consider searching out a dietitian that you trust. You can work with to evaluate and help tell you, you know, hey, maybe you need to kind of 
you're maybe eating too little, maybe you need to kind of push that a little bit, eat a little bit more to just kickstart your metabolism. So you get back those hunger and fullness cues. So it can get a little complicated, but in general, I mean, I absolutely agree. There's so many different ways to identify. Yeah. um, And listening to your body is. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And not saying that you should be tracking calories or that, you know, the numbers matter, but 1200 calories is not enough. (laughs) If you are wondering if you're eating enough calories and you're eating that little, it's time to Mm -hmm. push it. Like I would say most healthy adults are going to be in the 2000 to 3000 range. Like you got to, it might be a surprise to a lot of people, especially after all the diet culture being, here's a 12,000 calorie, a 15,000 calorie, blah, blah, blah. Um, don't be scared to eat because that's mm-hmm. not the goal. The goal is to eat enough to feel satisfied and to eat enough to thrive, not just to survive. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if you feel like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be having this much, eat to what feels good in your body, um, even if you think it's going to be more than what you need. Also, my last point on this is um, our bodies aren't machines. <laughs> We don't need a recommended calorie amount every single day. We don't need to hit our mark and then we go, cool, I'm done for the day. Um, we're organic organisms. Some days we, I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but some days we need more calories and some days we don't need as many calories. Again, don't worry about the numbers here. Some days we need more, some days we need less. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. And so just listening to your cues and giving your body what it needs, no matter what it needs that day. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to touch on that too, that your body may need different caloric amounts depending on the day. And, and that some people get frustrated because, you know, like, why am I just so hungry today? I've been eating so much. I don't understand it. Well, your body just needs extra fuel that day. And there could be so many reasons why maybe you're going through a stressful time. You know, our brain is powered by energy. It's powered by calories. We need a lot of fuel to help it going. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're studying for a test and you've been studying a lot more than usual and you're using a lot more brain power. It's not always necessarily the fact that you're getting more physical movement in, but it could be because of that. Maybe yeah. you got a really intense workout in the day before you went to some class that you never go to with your friend. And then the next day you've just been starving because your body needs to replenish its glycogen stores. So don't be, don't beat yourself up. If one day I find that a lot with women, they beat themselves up if they're like, well, today I've just been eating so much and I feel so hungry, hungry. but you know what, if you're hungry, girl, you're hungry. Your body is hungry for a reason. Being hungry is a good thing, guys. Mm -hmm. It means that your body is working. It means that you get to replenish your body that's exciting that's awesome being hungry is feels like it's so taboo to be like oh I'm Mm -hmm. hungry I'm always hungry no I claim it I'm like I'm always hungry it's great (laughs) me too (laughs) yeah I'm like I'm so excited because I get to enjoy all these amazing things that make me feel good and make my Mm -hmm. body feel good I'm like yes that's awesome so I agree yeah all right should we move on to the next question do you want to read this one off yes I do Um, Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay. (laughs) What is BMR and RMR? Is there a difference? Wonderful question. And this really, I feel like the question that we just answered kind of just teed us up for this question because we're talking about caloric amounts, how to know how much you're eating. And I'm really excited to touch on this. I actually talk about this a lot. So 
BMR is basal metabolic rate. RMR is resting metabolic rate. They're essentially the same thing. They do vary slightly based on whether or not you're in a fasting state when you measure your BMR, RMR, but they don't vary by much. So basically (laughs) BMR and RMR are calorie amounts. BMR and RMR represent the amount of calories that it takes to keep you alive. If you were just to sit on the couch all day and literally do absolutely nothing. That means you sit there, you do not move, you do not watch anything, you don't use your brain, you don't go get up and pee, you don't eat, you literally sit there like a vegetable and don't move at all. That's BMR and RMR represent the amount of calories that will keep you alive in that situation. So that means calories that will help keep you breathing, your lungs working, help your heart pump pump that blood through your body, you have your kidneys working, your liver, all of your organs, you help your brain continue to work. So that doesn't include the calories that it takes to digest food. It doesn't include the calories it takes to go about your normal day activities. And it doesn't include the calories that it takes to get any extra movement in. So I always tell people, you never, ever, ever want to eat at or below your BMR or RMR because then you're not even providing your body with enough calories to literally breathe and function normally. You always want to eat above your BMR and RMR, even if you're trying to be in a caloric deficit for weight loss. So the amount of energy that we all need to sustain our bodies at its normal place right now is way above BMR or RMR. So we want to add in all these other factors, like I mentioned, thermic effect of food, which comes into play, the amount of energy it takes to actually digest food. So it requires energy to get energy and the amount of energy it takes to move about our daily day-to-day activities, get up, go to the bathroom, make dinner, get in our car, drive to work, you know, use our brains while we're at work, pick up the kids, all these things require energy. So that's kind of the gist of BMR, the gist of BMR and RMR. I love it. I think you did a great job, a great explanation there. Thank you. I don't really know if I have anything to add. I think you covered yeah. it all. I just think the most important part, and when Kelsey pointed out, you know, you never want to eat 1,200 calories, you'll find um, that majority of adult females and males will be most, majority of them are above uh, 1,500 calories, or at least at 1,500 calories for the BMR and RMR. Mm-hmm. So I always say, 1500 calories is usually way too low for even an adult. It's a pretty good estimation to say that's too low because then again, think about this on top of that, you're also stacking thermic effect of food, the energy it takes to digest food, and also the energy it takes to get movement in. So you need to be eating a lot more closer to 2000, like Kelsey was pointing out earlier. Definitely. All right. So third and final question of the episode is, is it really calories in calories out um that's a great question april (laughs) (laughs) um so no it really isn't um like i was talking about earlier like our bodies are not machines um so if you're using one of those apps where you track um when you track workouts to track your calories out um it's really not going to be there's a lot of reasons why it's not going to really balance out your calorie intake it's not like you can just eat a lot one day and then you're like oh just work it off later today like it doesn't (laughs) work that way um the way I see it and the way I theorize it is really um more of a consistency on a consistent basis so you're kind of training your body to do certain things so whether you're training it to 
rest or to move more, that will actually train your metabolism to do the things that it needs to do. So it might need to have more calories over time. So say, you know, you are training for a marathon. Awesome. That's great. Do it. Um, (laughs) So say if you're training for a marathon though, and you are starting to run a lot more than you usually have before. You're running quite a few days a week. You're consistently upping your output of calories, I guess, your output of energy. It's not really calories. It's energy. But you're consistently upping your output. Your body is going to consistently say, ooh, I actually need more calories now because I'm doing a lot more exercise on a consistent basis. Whereas if you do one run once every two weeks, it's really not going to change your (laughs) metabolic input needs that much. Um, So really it is the, that's why consistency is really so important when it comes to, you know, if you're wanting to work out, if you're wanting to, you know, change things in your diet, even um, a one and done really isn't going to make a difference. Um, And it's not saying it's a bad thing to do one and done. It just means that you have done something, which is great. But when you can kind of see, okay, the consistency is actually what matters, whether it's a tiny change every day is going to, you know, do make more of a change in your lifestyle than, you know, this one thing you try really hard, you go overboard and then it's done. So you're saying with metabolism, you need more consistency. Yeah. Versus to actually make changes in your metabolism. And this goes for food too. If you aren't eating enough food and your metabolism is really shot down here, having one massive cheat cheat day, eating a lot of food is going to do nothing for your metabolism. Your your metabolism is going, oh my gosh, that was crazy. That was a change from what I've had. Okay. Back to the way I was doing things. Again, it's the same thing. If you are trying to increase your metabolism by actually eating the amount of food that you need, um, having that consistent intake is actually going to make your metabolism go, Oh, cool. I know I can use this now. I'm not afraid that I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, be down here because I'm not going to get enough. Now I'm consistently getting more and more food. So Mm -hmm. I can actually be at my healthy rate and, and move up. Yes, I I absolutely agree. It does take time. And I think that's the biggest thing that a big hurdle for a lot of people because diet culture promises these quick fixes. And you know what, it it does take time, you cannot fix your metabolism overnight. Um, And if you are eating too little, and you're starting to eat more, it's just going to take a little while for your body to adjust to that. And to your point, adjust to the fact that it doesn't need to put itself in this lost in the woods. Am I still starving? Question mark state. It's yeah. now start to rely on the fact that it's going to be getting more food. Yeah. So it does take more time. So um, if you want to put it in layman's terms, I guess you could say calories in calories out. Um, but it is just a lot more complicated than that. Just like a it's lot of, but I think the point is, is I think the reason we end up with statements like calories in calories out is because people really try to simplify nutrition, then it ends up being so simplified. Maybe it just ends up being kind of false or misleading. Mm -hmm. So certainly, I mean, if you eat in a caloric deficit, that's going to help you lose weight, but it's so much more complicated than that. You know, you're eating too little, it could hurt your metabolism. You may need to increase what you're intaking. It's just incredibly individualized. Um, So definitely recommend searching out a dietitian and getting help with that. Yeah. My last, my very last point on that too, is just, um, 
you can't do one and not the not the other. So like if you are already eating at caloric deficit and you're not giving yourself enough calories and your metabolism is like lower than it needs to be, you can't increase it by doing more exercise. <laughs> it's not going to work like that. Your body's already not getting the input it needs. So if you're like, oh, well, if I do more fat burning things, then I'll burn more calories. Uh-uh. Your body's you already not getting lower. enough calories to burn. So it's not going to change anything here. <laughs> Right, exactly. And I think all of this can get very complicated if you're not familiar and don't really understand it, which is why I just always say, search out a dietitian for individualized help, um, someone that you trust and can rely on. Um, Yes, certainly exercising more when you're eating too little is definitely not going to help improve your metabolism. I always like to compare metabolism to um, flames on a fire. Me and too. the logs, less yeah. calories. Yeah, exactly. So think about building a fire out in the wilderness. Put the logs in the fire. You have these roaring flames. They're so amazing. And they're burning the, up the logs. So the, the flames are the metaphorical metabolism. Logs are metaphorical calories. Think about this. If you stopped putting logs on that fire, what would happen to the fire? The fire would eventually die down. So if mm-hmm. you stop eating cal- enough calories, if you decrease your caloric amount, so to, to too little, then that fire is going to go out. Your metabolism is going to go down. It's not going to burn those calories very efficiently or burn those logs efficiently. On the other hand, if you put too many logs on that fire, it's going to smother the fire. So if you're eating so many calories, it's going to smother your metabolism. So you want to have that perfect fire. Not, I don't like to use the word perfect because that doesn't exist in nutrition, but that yeah. nice little happy medium fire where it's burning the logs you're consistently putting logs in so it can burn them up you're consistently taking in calories enough to fuel your body and keep it going um so it's kind of like that not like the go to locks and three bears yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> but it's hard to identify where you should be at you know if you don't have a nutrition background so yeah definitely which kind of brings us back to our answer from question mm-hmm. one <laughs> yes exactly it all <laughs> comes together guys it's all complicated all <laughs> well i think we've covered a lot of bases here today <laughs> we sure have we sure have <laughs> Well, thank you so much, everyone, for giving us a listen. Please, please, please comment, like, subscribe, do whatever you can um, to help us out because we really um, appreciate it. Um, Leave us a review because it really helps. And follow us on Instagram, tastebuds underscore pod. And I think that's all the things I can drop. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Kelp. All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.